You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events of the week that was in Lucha Libre, talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and more. And of course, a shout out to our streaming partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me introduce the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I think he's on mute again. Yes. We'll get back to Dusty in a second. (laughs) Uh, We're a professional show, people. Professional with a capital P. We're a professional show. (laughs) Well, the the third person on this team is who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. (laughs) Hi, <laughs> how we doing? I hear Dusty over there, so let's swing back to him. How you doing, okay, Dusty? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Brendan? <laughs> I'm doing great. I don't know what happened. I kept trying. My, I wasn't on mute. It was my microphone. Had <laughs> night so far. Um, <laughs> screw it. We'll do it live. Yeah. <laughs> we can fix it in post, right? <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, this is a one-shot deal. So if we could fix live things in tight. post. Yeah, there, there'd be so many things I would have fixed in the past. <laughs> so many things that I would have fixed. But yet, here we are, uh, unfixable. So <laughs> that, that's also a nickname I think a few boyfriends used to have for me. Um, oh. Yes. Oh. That's, that's neither here nor there. Wow. We are, we are here. Dark and personal real fast. Of course. Of course. <laughs> when you met me, but I, that's, that's kind of what I do. Um, but you know, again, that's neither here nor there. We are here to talk about this week in Lucha Libre, all of the events and happenings, matches, news that you need to know. So we're excited for this week's show. A lot to cover, uh, a, a big range of topics and matches really from one corner to the other. So I'm really excited about covering, uh, this week's show, uh, about all the conversation that we're going to have. So we are going to get started with news of the week with Brendan. All right. So, uh, those of you who follow a, a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes at this show or, or kind of remember our history, We'll be not at all surprised to know that we're starting off the show talking about Mass Republic's new 
uh, announcement, which, uh, by the way, though, is still a freaking huge announcement in the world of Lucha Libre. They announced they're opening a Lucha Libre agency. So they are now going to be uh, agenting the uh, several luchadors, pro- probably some of whom they also helped get these uh, – the, get the uh, – the, the, the term for it, the, the ability to work. I don't – the yes, technical the term visa. for it. Visa, thank you. Uh, professional show people, professional. Uh, Good, <laughs> anyway. we'll do it live. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, they, so they announced that. They announced their first wave of, uh, of people that they are representing, uh, which includes, uh, Archangel Divino, Ultimo, Maldito, Conan, and Psychosis. I mean, the two of those are not surprises to me, although, those of you who are unfamiliar with Archangel Divino and Ultimo Maldito, those, uh, they were internet sensations first. And then they got to wrestle a couple times on AAA shows. And I think they were doing different gimmick names at the time. Uh, cause they were street performers using AAA masks. And so AAA kind of like that. But so we've talked about AAA owns the names of several characters. But uh, also, I'm lingering on them a little bit because they also have already announced that they're going to be at shows on this side of the border. And I think uh, I'm going to just kick it over to Miranda for for that, those details and a couple other uh, announcements. Yes. Uh, the United States debut of Ultimo Maldito and Archangel Divino will be happening at Pro Wrestling Revolution's next show, Saturday, July 30th in Santa Rosa, California at the Salon de los Veteranos in Santa Rosa. Um, this is going to be their United States debut. So uh, everything comes full circle and everything is connected. Uh, and of course, the partnership that Mass Republic has had with Pro Wrestling Revolution makes perfect sense. And this is going to be, I think, a treat for those fans in attendance uh, on July 30th. Um, I believe there's been other announcements or dates announced for them. Um, I believe they will be part of the uh, Mass Republic show um, in Agua Caliente uh, that's been announced for September. And I'm sure we're going to see their names pop up on shows throughout the United States over the next few months. Uh, but with that, I also do want to plug in uh, a few other matches that have been announced for that show on Saturday, July 30th. We're going to have a special attraction tag team match. Papo Esco and Vinny Massaro will be facing the team of Pegano and Bestia. Say, 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 or 666. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Revolution Women's Championship will be on the line as uh, the champion Lady Apache will be facing La Huera Loca, Taya Valkyrie. She has been Money. coined a belt collector <laughs> of sorts as she is now uh, has four uh, major titles. She recently won uh, the XPW uh, Women's uh, Championship a few weeks ago. Of course, we saw when she won the MLW Women's uh, World Featherweight Championship. Uh, she is one half of the Impact Knockouts Tag Team t- Champions. And of course, she is your Triple A Reina de Reina's champion. So, uh, the odds, you know, could be in Taya's favor as someone who's been collecting a lot of belts as of late. Um, and speaking of belts, the World Wrestling or the Pro Wrestling Revolution World Championship will be on the line. Uh, current champion, uh, JR Kratos will be facing 
Dr. Wagner Jr. Uh, in the main event. Ooh, that is so, let's let's just break this down for a second. That is such a fire card. You've got Taya and Lady Apache, two of the absolute best wrestlers in the world. I'm not even going to qualify it based on on gender. There, they're just two of the very best. Yeah. You've got you've got that fire main event there. You, I mean, and then you've got the premiere of Archangel Divino and Ultimo Maldito. These guys are going to be big names in lucha, so mm-hmm. like seeing them early is a good idea. So you can be kind of hipstery about it and be like, I remember their first time. Yeah, this mm-hmm. madness, madness. Yes. You, everybody needs to go see the show. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Duke and his Pro Wrestling Revolutions. Uh, next show, July 30th in Santa Rosa, California. Um, there's been also some additional matches announced. Uh, we do have a uh, four corners match for, uh, I believe it will be for uh, the uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution Junior Heavyweight Champion. Um, Shiv, I, I'm not sure because Super Astro Jr., your current champion, will be in the match as well as El Misterioso, Vaquero Fantasma, and El Kukui. Um, we also have a, uh, tag team match, the Board Patrol, uh, versus El Primo Genio and El Viento. And then we have a mixed trios match with Zuka, Diablo, Azteca, and Charisma versus Moondog, Dinamite, and Jordan Blue. So that's really the full announced card, uh, for the Santa Rosa show. Tickets are available at luchalibreboletos.com. Um, VIP seats do include the meet and greet, uh, portion, which you get to meet and greet with all of the luchadors beforehand. Brendan and I have both experienced that and it's such an awesome opportunity to meet with luchadors and buy merchandise before the show. Uh, so definitely invest on VIP tickets if you can. Uh, but tickets are available at luchalibreboletos.com. Well, since you did, Nearly the full announcements, uh, and, and uh, I have basically two questions here. Uh, did they announce the ring announcer yet? And if so, is she going to be at the meet and greet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know formal announcement has been, been made, but uh, yes, I will be uh, your ring announcer for that show uh, on July 30th in Santa Rosa. Uh, so I will be returning to Pro Wrestling Revolution Um at, at that show. So, uh, and I will be there. I won't have very much to sell cause I have nothing to sell, but I will be there, uh, at that show. So I'm very thrilled. Um, my first time in Santa Rosa. Uh, so I'm going to be, uh, just excited to be part of the show. A big thank you to pro wrestling revolution again for, uh, allowing me to be the ring announcer for this event. Um, and that's also why I'm personally so excited and invested in this show because, um, you know, not only do you see some of the best Lucha Libre talent on the West Coast, you have some really big names in Lucha Libre, both, you know, pre- present and future. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for uh, helping me out with my <laughs> my segment here and, and covering that. It just seems like you since you've got the inside line, it's just easier to. Oh, it's a, it's a team effort. We are the trios <laughs> of, of podcasting. Uh, so, but also speaking on that, I know, uh, I'm gonna be kicking over to Dusty on this next story too, because, uh, Starcast has announced several wrestlers. Uh, I was, uh, mentioning that it, they had Hiromo Takahashi as well as, uh, Dusty mentioned they've got, uh, 
They've got uh, uh, El Desperado. Uh, El Desperado. There we go. Yeah. Um, and Ray Phoenix. Like you, you guys may have heard of him too. We talked about him a bit on the show. But uh, so that brings us to the to back to the Forbidden Door, the true Forbidden Door, which is CMLL and AAA. Never t- shall the two meet unless, of course, it's in Nashville, Tennessee, on July twenty ninth, thirty and thirty first. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we don't know why. Uh, speculation from other people in the Lucha community is just that this has gone under uh, CMLL's radar until now. So there may be some card subject to change going on should they ever decide to care about it. But, uh, if, you know, again, I want to stress when we were talking about that with the Forbidden Door pay-per-view and why uh, Andrade and Phoenix in particular weren't allowed on the actual pay-per-view, it's it was more likely that New Japan was uh, was honoring that commitment because, as you can see here, CMLL is not necessarily consistent with their uh, their acting on this policy. They would probably still they'll probably still have strong words for the wrestlers, but uh, <laughs> but and also I uh, just I want you guys to keep the the Takahashi name in mind because I'm going to be bringing that back up later in the show. Um, and then Dusty had some more news for us, which I thought was Miranda. And you guys will listen, hear this announcement and probably understand why Miranda came to my mind first. Andrade is going to be wrestling against Carlito in the WWC promotion in Puerto Rico on eight six twenty two, And uh, he has announced that he is going to have a manager for that show. And that manager... Is the man himself, Ric Flair. So they are definitely pulling out all the stops here to make this a big destination match. Um, I mean, this has been true of Puerto Rican wrestling for generations. I always felt jealous of the big cards they were able to pull together. I guess. Oh, yeah. I guess if you're gonna travel all the way to Puerto Rico, you know, you're gonna do it up proper because you don't get there but, but a couple times a year. Um, well, and, Carly's dad, um, Carlos Colon Sr., mm-hmm. he owns WWC, and he knows Ric mm-hmm. Flair from way back. From way, so way back. The, yeah, like all the way back. And so there's a lot of history that goes into this, too. For a special anniversary show, it's going to be a very big deal. Uh, AEW just narrowly dodged bringing Ric Flair in as Andrade's <laughs> manager when the whole dark side of the ring happened but this is puerto rico they don't care and so rick flair he's gonna be there it, yeah i'm excited especially for andrade like this is it finally feels like andrade's got some serious momentum we've talked about this before yeah. his lack of momentum has been baffling and a hindrance to his career but it feels like there's a lot going on with andrade finally some buzz behind him really exciting moment for him yeah, so the trick seems to have been that, uh, which is true for all indie wrestlers, is that you really needed to, he really needed to find his way to step up on his own, and then people will cash in on that momentum. Like, I mean, just signing a contract for AEW is not enough these days. Uh, no, it really <laughs> isn't. Yeah, the All Elite momentum has come and gone. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's an exciting card uh, out there. I mean... I don't. Is there is there a couch that we can sleep on, Miranda, out there somewhere in Puerto Rico? 
Well, you sleep on the beach. Yeah, I was gonna say, maybe, you know, better off out of the beach or fucking <laughs> out on the beach because it's uh, it's just too beautiful to pass up. Yeah, well, that's that's the again, that's the part that the other part that has me excited. It's a beautiful kind of semi-exotic location, even though you know they're they uh, Puerto Rico is just right there. But yeah, uh, so there we go. Andrade against Carlito with Ric Flair. And then I have one more, uh, which may or may not have a little, I don't know where we're going to go with this one. Uh, Hoovy, Juventud Guerrera is returning to XPW for their Night of Reckoning show on 813. Uh, I have very little details on this. This was also snuck in by the Gremlins. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, Dusty, did you have any more information or is it just that headline? Um, I just, I'm Facebook friends with Rob Black and he had a post that said the juice bar is back in XPW. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The juice bar. Yeah, it's the juiciest one. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, I think the announcement just came very recently, like within the past. Yeah, within like the last 10 hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's been, it's brand, brand new. So. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some more information, um, as, as we get closer, but yeah, it's, it's also just something I think Rob Black announced it on his particular, uh, podcast, um, uh, the day before, and then they posted it on, on XBW social media. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is, it's something that, uh, the, you know, kind of outrageous nature of XPW does seem to go with the outrageous nature of uh, Hoobie, oh, so hand in hand. Yes, absolutely. However, I'm going to address this as vaguely as we can because uh, I don't know how much we're allowed to talk about this. Rumor is that there will be much more lucha libre presence coming to XPW. Mm-hmm. So keep your ears open to the Indie Roundup cause, oh, and, and the This weekend News because we will probably be announcing more XPW and Lucha collaborations in the weeks to come. And since I already name-dropped the Indie Roundup, I'm just going to jump right into that. Uh, we had the Indie – we do have the Indie Roundup, Big Lucha, which was – is uh, uh, Bandito's gym – did have another show. Uh, it was uh, on seven one, so the first of the month here. Not not too long ago, as we're doing this. Um, and you had. I'm gonna skip over the giant scramble at the beginning. Um, Go to partway through the night where you had Sky, Skyade and Latigo in a match. Uh, and oh my goodness, I'm just so jealous of the crowd that got to see this. That's like two, two, uh, Yave's masters. I know that's a dying art even in, in Lucha, but man, I want to see those two guys going at it. Uh, Skyade got the, the win on this one. And then you had a, uh, Another match after that, you had it looked like one, two, three, four. You had you had a five way match. Uh, you had Commander Jack Cartwheel, ASF, Kamata Maya, and Noisy Boy. Uh, so it's a nice combo of the Mexican and American indies on that. And you had Commander come out on top. Also, he came out on top in that you know, he had some of the most viral moments in that match once again he was on the ropes doing things that are just completely 
defiant of gravity. He just doesn't seem to care that gravity says you shouldn't do that and and does crazy things. So if you uh, saw Commander on this this on the Twitter or Instagram this week, it was probably because he did something in this very match. Uh, then we had um, Grand Pandemonium. Hihodo Pandemonium and Pandemonium Junior Junior against Asion Jackson Ben Bendito. I almost said Bandito, but no, this is Bendito and Elemental in a trios match. The uh, Pandemonium Clan came out on top on that. Doctor Wagner Junior and Galeno Del Mar Del Mal, not Del Mar. That's a that's a taco place, I think. Uh, <laughs> Against Demonic Flamita and Emperor Azteca in tag team match. Uh, basically the story of this one from reporting was that, uh, Flamita and Azteca did not get along very well and then, uh, it turned into, it, well, it turned from a singles match into a tag match according to Cubs fan. Uh, so it, you know, uh, basically insert your, uh, your, your Teddy Long gifts out there with, with we got a tag team match player. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we had a, a, a three way match with Viano for Kenek and, uh, Penta Zero M. So, uh, I guess this was going to be a four way match. Again, thank you, Cubs fan, for your commentary. I do. Sometimes try and take notes on these matches that I can't see by reading the Lucha blog. Um, and then, yeah, so it was going to be a four way, but Dr. Wagner wound up in the previous match helping out his, his boy, Galeno Del Mal. Uh, so Viano 4 had a, had a free and clear way to, to winning this one over Kanek and Penta Zero M. Um, and we, um, uh, then we had Potro de Oro and Tirano versus Gravity and Yutani and also Lady Maravilla and Susie Love. Uh, Potro de Oro and Tirano came out on top of this. And, uh, Tirano apparently was doing double time. Oh no, okay. I need to read more details here. Uh, so these, those two, Potro and Tirano eliminated the other teams and then wrestled each other in a lucha style match in the the final. And uh so Tirano beat Potro de Oro and the uh the the hair was on the line. So uh fantastic setup. I that I just totally ruined by not having read this in detail enough. Yeah, you had a great tag uh, tag team elimination match. Then the partners had to face each other for the hair, uh, which is a little bit less of a buildup than you're used to in Mexico. But hey, uh, and and uh, someone got their head shaved. This this is a great night at Big Lucha Gym. You had some great sounding matches on the undercard. You had a little bit of a, a bet match at the end, like fantastic stuff. And then last week we we did the interview with. Uh, Dos Hermanos Lucha, one of the things they dramatically undersold in that event is that they actually promote events. And they had uh, a, an event out in Pittsburgh last week 
which featured some Lucha talent because uh, those of you who paid attention to our Sam Adonis interview will remember that he is from that part of town, too. So he tends to show up for stuff. Um, so uh, just real quick, you had uh, an opening match with Blonde Force Trauma and uh, Danny Moe uh, and Zoe Sky. Blonde Force Trauma came out on top of that. You had Beastman against Super Pra. Beastman won on that. Where we, fans of this show and, and regulars will start liking this, we had, uh, is, I don't know if he says it, Facade or Facade against, uh, Lindsay Dorado and, uh, um, Chimera or Chimera again. I don't know because I haven't heard them announced. Miranda, do you have any insight on how either of these, uh, gentlemen have their name pronounced? I don't. No worries. Uh, that's, uh, that's Rodriguez under doing his mask. Ch- Ch- Chimera and then Lince Dorado, we all know, uh, he is, uh, he's the most interesting luchador in wrestling, I believe. Uh, and, uh, and so you had this great, great trios match going on. Uh, Facade came out on top on that one. It's an old ROH name. I should know it better, but I haven't haven't seen him in forever. Uh and then you had Victor Benjamin winning a count out by count out and then finally the match that uh that I wanted to go out there and see you had Sam Adonis and Psycho Clown. And uh you can probably tell by the happy tone in my voice that Psycho Clown did not win this one. <laughs> <laughs> He's thrilled, you guys. <laughs> I, I saw some of the, uh, I, I've only seen still photos. I haven't seen footage of this yet, but it looks like they were, the two of them went, went toe to toe and literally beat the hell out of each other. So congratulations to fans out in Pittsburgh for getting to see one hell of a main event. Like that is something that you could see conceptually headlining Triple Mania. So, you know, and you just got it out there in your backyard because Dos Hermanos Lucha and Sam Adonis uh, just happened to really like putting on a good show. So uh, congratulations. That was uh, my my indie roundup. Thank you, Dos Hermanos Lucha, for giving me the results. Uh, as I always put out into the atmosphere, if you are a wrestler, a promoter, uh, a super fan and you want us to talk about that really excellent show that, that you just saw or were part of, then please, 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 even if you just send me the result of your match, I will do my best to talk about it on the air. Just like, uh, I got this match out of, out of the Hermanos. So that was my indie roundup for the week. And don't forget, uh, if you've missed it, you can still listen to our interview with Dos Hermanos Lucha uh, from Expo Lucha. That was part of our show last week. That is available on LuchaCentral.com, on all the major podcast streaming platforms. Check it out. We had a very fun, interesting conversation with them about their mask collection, their experience at Expo Lucha, and much, much more. So check it out. Last week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, our exclusive interview with the Dos Hermanos Lucha. Up next, so you know what time it is. We're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. 
with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. As always, a big thank you to Denise Alcedo bringing us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Up next, we're going to get into it. We're going to be talking about promotion stuff. And so we're going to kick it off with this week in AEW with the somewhat of a Complex situation is 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 that kind of the right way to frame it, Dusty? Yeah, I'd say that's probably a good way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. So with all of the, we kind of talked about it before the Forbidden Door thing, the CMLL versus AAA thing, New Japan being aligned with CMLL. Turns out that the match we were supposed to get involving these guys at Blood and Guts, like Tony Khan was already kind of aware they wouldn't want Andrade to interact with the New Japan guys. So the match he had had set up internally was Lucha Bros versus Ingo Bernables in a tag team match. Uh, that didn't happen. 
So then he was going to have it at Blood and Guts, and Phoenix got sick. So that didn't happen. And this week, apparently, Phoenix is still a little under the weather. So we got Penta Oscuro versus Roosh in a singles match. This was awesome. Like, it was really cool to see on TV. This easily could have headlined any arena in Mexico. I mean, Mm -hmm. Penta versus Roosh is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Fantastic match. Very exciting. I mean, it's pretty much exactly what you'd expect when you hear Penta versus Roosh. But that's, you know, a good thing. That's what we want. But before the finish, Roosh snatches the mask off of Penta Kicks him, gives him the low blow, and then pins him for the win. And, like, ever since Penta has adopted the Pentascuro gimmick, he loses. Like, every match he loses. They put him in these big mm-hmm. matches where he can't afford to win, where the other guy can't afford to lose. This was Roosh's first match in AEW. It was the first singles match between Penta and Roosh. They'd only been in four matches in the U.S. before this, all tag team matches, all their matches in Mexico, tag team matches. First singles match, they don't make a huge deal out of it, and they have Penta lose. And the mask thing, every penta or phoenix match lately that's part of the formula they pull the mask off and that's why they lose it i mean it, it's yeah. become formulaic it's just become one of the steps in the lucha bros match in AEW. rather than being this big heel rudo move like it should be there's just a yeah. lot going on there which I'm not certain the thought behind. It felt like for a while there was a lot of momentum behind Lucha Bros internally at AEW. They won the tag titles. You know, big things seemed to be going on for them. We saw Penta versus Cody. But ever since the Penta Oscuro gimmick, he's supposed to be more vicious, darker, meaner, uh, deadlier even. And we don't see any of that. Like, he loses every match. They did a lot by getting rid of the the spooky Dracula yep. costume like that was no good. But <laughs> now we've got Alex back in his regular gear, but Alex feels the same as he did before. It, it nothing about yeah. the presentation. I just feel kind of disappointed. So here's the thing about it that uh, I think is where they needed to have somebody backstage having more oversight. Penta versus Roosh ending with Roosh taking the mask off of Penta. This is classic. Like, yeah, this, and this should be a bigger deal, yeah, not just the a, end yeah. of a match. Yeah, in, exactly. a, in a vacuum, that is what you want. But because, to to Dusty's point, it's happened dozens of times at this point. Like it, you know, it, and the fans of the AEW are just kind of like, oh, there it is again. They pulled the mask off of uh, one of the Lucha Brothers, and that was the that's the weird finish. That's that's where you needed a voice, particularly a luchador, to say no. This needs to be a bigger deal. Like yeah. that needs to, you know, because that's what that's what happened. You have this exactly. match where where I'm sure uh, Roosh wanted to do it that way because that's what he does, right? That's uh, like I my first instinct was to ask you, did he do the thing where he then soccer kicked the mask into the fans? Yeah, yeah, he kicked it out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. <everything. Yeah>. See? <laughs> yeah, so, but, but because, uh, you know, that they didn't allow anybody to, to make it special, or that would probably was like a, almost a non-moment in the match, and that's just. Yeah, it just uh, felt like part of the formula in the match, and that's, yeah. it's disappointing as a huge Penta fan and Lucha Bros fan. 
It's a rush for him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, it just, yeah, it felt like a a letdown. And then, also in AEW news, we had Andrade posting a picture, I I believe on all social media. I saw it on Twitter, I think. And But he and uh, Roosh and Jose are sitting there. You can see all of them wearing their suits. But in the corner of the photo, you see somebody wearing a burgundy suit. And you can't tell who it is, but you can definitely make out a fourth person. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like they're kind of not necessarily teasing, but also teasing the the possibility of a new member in LFI. Yeah, I, I feel like that's exactly what yeah. they're teasing. But uh, so the Internet went crazy with speculation on it. A few people had had said the one that I'm going to say, but most people seem to think it's going to be Dragon Lee. Because Dragon Lee wears a lot of red like that. He's already LFI. Yeah. He's already in the American Indies and would be a big add to AEW. Uh, I had said, had pointed out back to the Forbidden Door stuff. The the other people that weren't on the Forbidden Door card was anybody from uh, uh, the Los Ingobernables du Japan. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking it's uh, one of the guys from that faction because they called that out Me on too. social media recently. Yeah. They did yeah. like the the classic work shoot on that. So I'm I'm thinking it's it's a Taka. That's why I was bringing mentioned that name earlier. I'm thinking it was yes, Takahashi. yes, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> Very snappy dresser and yes, he has a lot of color. I mean, we've seen his yeah. entrance gear. He has a lot of color, but I, I do. He's exactly the type of person that would wear a burgundy suit. Exactly. I think it's more likely to be him than Naito, just yeah. because I can't see New Japan. I mean, I would love to see Naito show up. And like, We need that interaction at some point, mm-hmm. but I think they're saving it for the Japan end of the Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. But Hiromu, on the other hand, like I totally feel like he's the guy they would mm-hmm. – Love to have get over and having him come to America, wrestle a little, get some seasoning, then move up to the heavyweights mm-hmm. in New Japan. Uh, yeah, it, it, the story writes itself for him. So I hope that's where it's going. I feel like, I mean, to your point, I feel like that's exactly what they want to do. They want to give him a little break over in Japan, have him come over here, get some big headlines, and then explode back onto the heavyweight scene, which needs another new face in the new japan scene so absolutely and he's done everything yeah. there is to do with the juniors really he's even won best of the super juniors three yeah. years row four-time champion i mean like mm-hmm. yeah he's the guy he has <laughs> done a tour he went to cmll when oh, he yeah. was a young lion and so he understands the the lucha thing he's a perfect fit for this i i just really hope it's hiromu in that spot yeah, well, we're the outliers on this one, but I think, uh, you know, I'm going to, I, I put that forward on bigger things, Wrestle Talk. I know you guys are listening now because I, I sent a message to you. Uh, <laughs> no, look, seriously, they, I, I'm sure they're listening, but that's my theory. Like they, I want to, I want to go on the record and say that I think we here think it's Takahashi. So when it turns out to be Takahashi, we can rub it in everybody's face. <laughs> I hope so. I'll be so excited. <laughs> I've got the entrance gear hoodie and everything. Yeah, big, big fan of Hiromu Takahashi. <laughs> oh, I love, I love his, I love his entrance. I love his presentation. Uh, to your point, I mean, he's it's uh, Lij is not just about 
cohabiting the, the the lucha culture, which does happen a lot in wrestling, where you'll have a guy just throw on a mask and say he's a luchador. It's those those guys did time in CMLL. He won belts. He yeah, won CMLL belts that he it, like he he won them. So he's not just he is legit lucha. And uh and again, if that's the CMLL connection, that means that he was in the same locker room as Roosh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got uh and I don't remember the time, maybe Andrade. I don't know if he'd already left or not. Uh, they, I think they were simultaneously or maybe maybe not. I mean, it, it was very close. I'm trying yeah. to remember when Gosh, I tried to remember. I feel like he showed up. Maybe the same winter that Andrade left. It's hard to remember now. Yeah, it's it's in a, it's in that weird gray spot. They could have very yeah. well been there at the same time. So again, that just adds more to the fuel of somebody who would work well in that faction. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for indulging me on the speculation, Dusty. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I was happy to, but I've mentioned this before and with Roosh and Andrade and at least some things going on for Lucha Bros Sammy feels very important you know mixed tag team championships there FTR Mm -hmm. with the AAA championships Lucha has never felt more important and AAA has never felt more important Mm -hmm. in AEW even when Kenny Omega was the AAA Mega Campion champion we never really saw that much and AEW, so it's finally feeling like that Lucha, just in general right now, has more momentum behind it than it's had, in my opinion, since the 90s. Like, I just mm-hmm. feel like there's a lot of Lucha. I work at a college, and the amount of people that recognize Penta stuff or Lucha yeah. stuff is grows every day. Like, every time I wear it, more people recognize it. And so I finally feel like we're really kind of getting a lot of light on Lucha. And AEW, for all their faults, has been highlighting a lot of awesome Lucha. Like we said, this could have been a main event in mm-hmm. any arena in Mexico. And mm-hmm. maybe a sellout main event. This is well, because it's it, their first singles match. It, it would be a CMLL Anniversario, Anniversario main event or a Triple Mania main event yeah. had they wanted yeah. to do it. So Easily. Yeah. And, and they gave it away for free in the middle of Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so but at I, the same time, we got it. And so, it, and everybody got to see it. I have, I have just one more little thing to confirm kind of what you're saying here. This was just me overhearing things. Uh, I overheard a person who is involved in television and pop culture stuff who happened to be at, uh, at Expo Lucha. Talking with somebody else, and uh, I mean, this was one of those conversations where I wanted to to like not be, I wanted to eavesdrop, but I couldn't be so obvious. So, uh, but I did hear him say, "Lucha is on the rise, and I look forward to be the one of the next big things in the next in in the the upcoming decade." So, like people I, that I totally believe that, yeah. <laughs> well, and. People that have never seen wrestling, or never seen Lucha, but have seen American wrestling, when they see Lucha on wrestling, they have the same reaction we did back in the mm-hmm. 90s on WCW. They're like, wow, look at these guys. Yeah. This is cool. <laughs> and yeah. so it's nice that that kind of hit again. For so long, the only real Lucha presence in the United States was Rey Mysterio. And so now that we have Penta and Roosh and Andrade, and not just masked guys, but unmasked guys, not just high flyers, but serious brawlers, mm-hmm. heavy 
hitters, guys that can take it past the limits. It's really exciting, and we're finally getting some of the full scope and the Wi-Fi or the Hi-Fi version of yeah, Luka instead of just the regular one it, channel of, mono. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of the 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 the, the universally focused thing, it's got to be. Uh, Small guys and, and shiny mass doing flippy shit. We're yeah, getting, exactly. we're getting all of it. Um, I mean, not that I have anything against small guys and mass doing flippy shit. I'm looking at you, <laughs> Super Astro Jr. Uh, <laughs> nice well, it's also this, we see it evolve now more into personality, yeah. more into, uh-huh. uh, you know, showmanship. And it's also, you know, it's always interesting when you have, a form of wrestling that has more been culturally dominant and, and dominant in language, you know, in, in something that is not, fans are not really used to in the United States. So it does feel like a little bit of this renaissance, and I agree, Dusty, you mentioned, you know, AEW, for its faults, um, has been one where they really took uh, almost a, a chance on the Lucha Bros. Uh, you can yeah. argue that they've already had opportunities, say even before that, like an impact. However, you know, the scale wasn't big enough for that. Right. And so, um, you know, really putting them much larger scale and really putting them in matches that, again, are just beyond Lucha matches, but are in really quality, um, was against a quality uh, opponents um, is is in and of itself I think really unique and even if we were to throw out too um, just like the personas like Thunder Rosa who mm-hmm. has really taken it into this next level as someone who's really embodied and incorporated uh, lucha libre and of course you know Hispanic culture into their look and gear. Um, and really been part of their identity. So I think two people are embracing the look of luchadors and, you mm-hmm. know, not just something that is a little bit more, you know, like you said, cheesy per se or, or stereotypical. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it goes into a much more artistic level and AEW has allowed the, the talent to do that, their luchadors to do yeah. that. And, you know, eventually they it, got there. Yeah. I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do want to point out because we keep making the comparison with WCW. They had the same problem at the beginning. It was just let's put Ray and Psychosis in an ever-evolving match, or insert two other luchadors, Halloween and Viano three. Right? Like they did. You know, they yeah. just you know. Uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's a deep cut for some of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's all they did is they just they were just like this is the segment where we're going to have seven to ten minutes of the luchadors doing things and then we're going to go back to normal wrestling and and uh, it wasn't until the fans really spoke up that they started letting those segments be bigger and do more things you started seeing the the chairman of the board uh, the chairman of WCW being evolving and you started seeing Silver King getting popular like. That was one of the weird surprises to me yeah, at the time. King. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, AEW was kind of in that same area where they, they had it, they knew it was a thing, and now that the fans are kind of forcing their, their attention, I think we're going to see more more of it. So it's just the 
been the most exciting time for a Lucha fan. Yeah. And, and, and 20-some years, and it's because of AEW. So I do I do yep. hold them to task for the things they get <laughs> yeah. wrong. But like I say, we still got Roosh versus Penta in their first singles match ever. That's, ever. That's pretty damn yeah. cool. It's only uh, one first, and AEW gave it to us. Yeah. Very cool. At least it's the main event of the first hour. Like when they go by yeah. hourly. Yeah. Yeah, for the viewership, yeah. So it was the main event of the first hour. Had that going for it. But a lot of good things going on, AEW. We'll keep it coming back every week. Hopefully next week we'll know who that fourth member of Ingo Bernable is, La Faction and Ingo Bernable. But hopefully, you know, know something more next week. Whatever comes up, we'll address it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Desi, for this week in AEW. We're going to hop on to Major League Wrestling up next. And this week in MLW, a little bit of a lighter uh, scene for Lucha Libre. Uh, this week's episode of Fusion only had two matches, our opener and then uh, the main event. Uh, the main event took a little bit of extra time because it was a 20-minute bout um, with Alex uh Kane doing an open challenge, uh, for, which was a 20 minute open challenge, uh, which was met, uh, by Davey Richards. But our opening bout, we had Real One, also known as Enzo Amore, also known as Enzo, uh, facing off against Lince Dorado. Um, and this was part of the tapings at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia. So I always recommend, though, since uh, we've been talking a little bit about Expo Lucha again, check out Expo Lucha's social media, Mass Republic social media, for highlights of uh, the matches that happened during Expo Lucha. Uh, but if you've seen that, some of this looks a little bit familiar uh, for this match. I would say that uh, a lot of Lindsay's offense really didn't come in into the second part of the match. There was a lot of back and forth, a little bit more technical wrestling. Um, and commentary also noted how this was not the first time that they have wrestled each other. And uh, again, as I kind of previewed this match last week, I said this kind of would give 205 live vibes, and I felt like it did. Um, but, of course, you had a little bit more personality with Real One um, coming out in the beginning to cut, uh, you know, promo, cutting down the crowd, running his mouth, kind of the, the same classic lines that we know and love of Real One. Um, but... Uh, again, in the second half of the match, I think that's when Lindsay was able to do more of his acrobatic moveset. Um, a very interesting note, too, that was talked about by the commentary team was the fact that Lindsay Dorado is someone who's not only agile, but very strong, um, you know, in incredible shape, someone who's incredibly fast and agile. Um, and we saw a bit of that uh, with some of uh, his his moveset. He went for a triple moonsault, uh, stopped on the third moonsault uh, by, well, not so much stopped by uh, a Real One, but uh, landed on his feet because Real One moved out of the way. Um, a really hard-hitting point of the match where uh, Lindsay uh, was uh, out of the ring with a pretty hard fall, and uh, Real One ended up carrying him almost all the way around the ring, rammed his back into one of the steel posts uh, that put Lindsay out for quite a while. MLW exercises the 20-count rule, so uh, something a little unique to them. 
But that did help uh, Lindsay get back into the ring. Ultimately, the match ended up taking a different direction when Real One was able to hit a low blow on Lindsay when the referee wasn't looking. Well, Real One hit his finisher and got the pin. Um, so they really are kind of putting uh, the odds on Real One. Um, but I know this is not the last that we're going to see of Lindsay in MLW. Also, a part of this week's tapings, we did see an interview with Taya um, as she was kind of glistening in her uh, moment as MLW featherweight champion. She did say that she wants to defend the uh, MLW uh, Women's Featherweight Championship all over the world. So as we talked about earlier, Ty is collecting belts all over. Uh, she has been seen really uh, in promotions all over the U.S. and still has a uh, active schedule in Mexico. Uh, I'm sure she's wanting to go to different countries as well um, in defense of really any of her belts. It will be very interesting uh, to see. It seems that MLW is really weighing on the world part of her world uh, women's featherweight championship. It will be interesting to see if uh, AAA will allow her to defend uh, the Reina the Reina championship in other places. Signs seem to point to know that they're very more selective of when and where that uh, title is defended. Um, but, you know, with someone like Taya who has so many belts already in her possession, um, it will be interesting to see how she juggles defenses of any of them um, in any promotion. Yeah, it'll be very exciting. And, you know, we've kind of, we saw her challenge Thunder Rosa too, and AEW loves a belt collector and they're very Lucha savvy. So I, I hope we get to see some Taya there too. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to see, you know, again, whenever that match may happen, uh, I would be so down for it. But uh, true, you know, Taya is a fighting champion, and that was really uh, what she drove home in that segment. So, again, a very kind of short weekend Lucha Libre for MLW, uh, but you can check out MLW Fusion, again, on YouTube. It is free. It's only one hour. Previous episodes of Fusion are all available, uh, and of course, they are taping uh, episodes uh, every month, so MLW has a very, very constant uh, stream of uh, shows that they're going to be pretty much having through the rest of this year. So make sure to stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast for information on this week in MLW. But... You know, on top of that, there's so much more that you can find through this podcast, through LuchaCentral.com. But you know what? I'm not one to brag about it. I'm going <laughs> to let the master of, of this read. The yeah, the master of this do what he does best. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com? All right, let's do this again. Uh, if you are listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated con video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. It's a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. 
And on top of that, it's still free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you, Brendan, for that. We're going to now transition into this week in WWE. And there's actually a few good tidbits uh, that happened in the WWE this week. Dusty? Yeah, I mean, like I say, we try to call it out when they do good things in WWE. And this week, we finally had something. A lot of people didn't care for the finish, but I did. Mysterios were up against Judgment Day. They decided to bring back some Eddie moves. Ray throws the chair, flops on the ground like he was murdered, literally murdered, just lays there like he's dead. Ref sees the whole thing, assumes he's been hit with the chair, calls for the bell. They pick up the easy win. Very cool. Afterwards, Rhea Ripley called Dominic out on Twitter and said that, you know, if you want to, you know, cheat to win, got to do all that stuff, you're not a winner at all, but I will be your poppy. And I tell you, Dominic, if you're listening, you should take her up on that because a number like that doesn't come around every day. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. It was super cool. So uh, I had originally said, you know, Reina Gonzalez for the, the China role with, with Dom, but I'll take this. Yeah, that would be so <laughs> cool, right? Like, yeah. it, it, that. Yeah. It, it, she could be Dom's Dom. And like, <laughs> I totally like it. <laughs> he could come out in the leash or whatever. I oh, would man. go for it. And, <laughs> But Judgment Day were fantastic in this match. They jumped the Mysterios before the bell. The match started during the commercial break, which I don't really care for. Everything else was great. Ray hits the frog splash, but Balor raised his knees. Dominic tosses him the chair. Ray sells it like murder. Pick up the win. Nine minutes on TV. Very cool. Also on Raw, we had a hot dog eating contest. Not super memorable. But in the background... If you paid attention, you saw a previous guest on our show, Miss Viva Van herself. She was there. They were in San Diego. They had a bunch of wrestlers in the background, and she was, like, right there. Lots of camera time. She's got such a great, unique look. Easily stood out. Of course she was right there because, yeah, she's really camera friendly. Well, that's just it. Like, I mean, I I don't mean to dwell on her looks, but how do you not put a beautiful woman like Viva Van, like where the camera could get? I mean, that's exactly what TV does. (laughs) And, And it was so cool to see her there, see her on Raw. If you remember, Britt Baker got her start in a two-minute match losing to Nia Jax for she, I believe she also got potatoed in the nose. And, <laughs> you know, so little spots like that lead to a lot. MJF start his first TV appearance, national TV, was as one of Samoa Joe's bodyguards. Just cool stuff, little things like that where you see somebody before they're huge. This was our moment with Viva Van before she's huge. Very cool to get to see that. And then also in WWE news for the third great story of the week, WWE is coming to Mexico again in October. October the 29th and 30th. Mm-hmm. On the 29th, they're going to be in Monterey. That's a Friday night. Smackdown Live that night. You know who's from Monterey? Angel Garza. Oh my god. Of right. Smackdown r- roster. And so like I hope we get to see Garza. He needs that hometown pop. And I think with the hometown behind him, WWE could really 
see him for what he's worth instead of just a novelty. There was a lot of, you know, we talk about a lot of momentum. Angel had it, but things have kind of slowed down now with the Los Lotharios. I do have to point out that WWE tradition is that you do not win in your hometown. That's true, but the Mysterios yeah. won in San Diego, so there may be a new Lucha president. I was going to say, only for the Mysterios, so. I don't know. Very cool. But, I mean, the, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, this is this is the first time in three years that WWE has returned to Mexico, so um, I think that there's a, a huge uh, fan base there that is there really excited. Is. And, and as yeah. we were talking about off the air, they chose two major wrestling cities. Like, as mm-hmm. we talked to way back in the day when we were talking about Angel Garza when he was just coming up and we were talking with, uh, Jerry Villagrana about that. Uh, that's, he came up in Monterey to, to Dusty's point there. I did forget that that was one of the, that he was one of the, but. Yeah. Monterey's a major wrestling city. Like there, there's a reason why yeah. they put the Triple Mania there. They if you uh as Jerry pointed out in that interview, like if you can make it in the north, you are uh, you are guaranteed to be a big thing in in wrestling. Like if they like you in the north, they're going to like you anywhere. So uh and Monterey is is kind of the the seat of that. So yeah, uh, it's just exciting that they chose to – I mean, obviously, you're going to take Mexico City, but that also is a major wrestling city. It's home of the the mecca of Lucha Libre. So um, two major wrestling cities for WWE. Somebody knows what they're doing. And, you know, that I'm hoping that translates like, like Justy was talking about to Angel Garza getting a win or, um, you know, more than one luchador on a show. Uh, <laughs> I'm rambling now, Dusty. Go, keep going. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's very exciting. If there's like a weird, I have mixed feelings about the luchadors. I think that it's very likely that we'll see a lot of luchadors. This is when we saw them bring out Kane Velasquez for a tour a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. WWE likes to highlight their luchadors when they go to Mexico, but mm-hmm. when you go to Mexico, the further you get away from Mexico City. When you bring up Lucha Libre, especially if you go south of Mexico City, one of the first things people say is, yeah, I love John Cena. So, like, at the same time, when WWE (laughs) comes to Mexico, they really want to see the American WWE stars. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a huge deal. So while I hope we get to see some luchadors, and I think we will, I think that there may be a bigger lucha presence at the Saturday night Mexico City show than there is at the Friday night Monterey show. Mm. Especially if it's going to be a SmackDown taping, that seems reasonable, but Mm -hmm. I can still dream, damn it. Yeah, I hope so too. (laughs) Like, I want to see Angel Garza beat Roman Reigns in the main event, so I'm endlessly optimistic about that. That's what I will sell whatever they give me. That's a reach, but hey, you know. <laughs> a fella can dream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not going to stop you from dreaming. I just. Uh, yeah, it's an impossible dream, but it's I don't still know. a dream. <laughs> yeah, that's, you're tilting at windmills with that one. <laughs> and for all this Lucha news and more, especially if they announce more Mexico dates, stay tuned. We'll have all of that information on next show or whenever it comes up. We're going to be moving into NXT and a few interesting points from this week. We had the Great American Bash 
And the opening match of that night was Toxic Attraction defending the NXT Women's Tag Team titles against Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. Uh, these two uh, women have really come up to be a strong tag team in such a short amount of time. They're two of the youngest, uh, two of some of the youngest uh, wrestlers on the NXT roster. Um, and so, you know, they've really come out like with really high energy. The fans have really embraced them. Uh, the match got started off uh, with, um, I believe I'm trying to remember with Cora Jade, uh, and I want to say JC Jane was the, the uh, uh, other um, competitor uh, starting off. Um, and really, what Toxic Attraction tried to do was really play up the numbers game with Mandy Rose uh, on the outside. Uh, Dolan and JC Jane had had a moment where they uh, were able to kind of isolate. Um, I believe it was Roxanne Perez after she tagged in, um, in order to kind of get some cheap shots at them. Um, but later on, Mandy Rose, uh, pulled out the referee as he was doing a two count after Cora, uh, and Roxanne did a great double team drop kick. Um, the referee was about to kick Mandy out of the ringside, uh, but then he got distracted by a roll-up attempt uh, by Roxanne Perez, and so uh, she still stayed around. But at the end of the match, uh, was Roxanne Perez hitting the Pop Rocks on Gigi Dolan uh, to win and become the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. So, uh, I mean, a very big win for both women Roxanne herself she's only been with WWE since earlier this year Cora Jade um a little bit longer but someone that they've really catapulted especially uh through this new NXT 2.0 um we haven't seen the women's tag team titles on the main roster at all in quite some time so it is kind of refreshing to have uh, a match for the NXT women's tag titles um and it does leave kind of a very curious uh, thought process about what's next because Roxanne Perez still also um, is looking to challenge Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, and that's also been a question, too, of who's going to be the, the person to dethrone Mandy Rose. So um, do we see someone like Roxanne Perez uh, with, with two belts? Um, does that cause maybe uh, the downfall of the tag, tag you know, champions, all of that um, will see but a very big win very impressive win uh, for Roxanne and Cora Jade uh, and then uh, right after that we had a segment uh, backstage where we saw uh, Legato de Fantasma or at least part of them was of course Tony D'Angelo uh, he had stated as a result of his loss last week to Camarado Hayes for the North American Championship, Tony D'Angelo showed uh, Legado de Fantasma exactly what had happened to Santos. And it was a picture of him in a hospital room implying that, well, he beat up Santos because Santos was making fun of him or laughing at his misfortune of not winning the North American Championship. Now, where I do think some of this is a little interesting is that Tony then kind of singled out the different members of Legado. Legato, of course, you had uh, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro and, of course, Electra Lopez. Tony said that Electra was the only person that has helped the family. And so he pinpointed Wilde and del Toro as 
them having something to prove. So he's saying that he's going to give them a chance to prove themselves. And if they don't, well, they're going to end up in the same situation as Santos. So to me, it was just kind of interesting, one, that Santos is, you know, being removed, at least storyline from this, to the isolation of Electra, because I think they've always played with Electra as someone that if there was ever a second in command or someone that who would be able to slip into, you know, the leader role, it would be Electra um, with Del Toro uh, and um, Rocking Wild is still always that you know, tag team, more of the foot soldiers of the group. So it is still, again, a little disheartening to see Legato in these pieces because, again, as we've talked about and as I've mentioned, you know, they're one of the few surviving factions from the previous era of NXT, and they've grown a lot as a faction. It's absolutely been the right catapult and launching point for Santos Escobar. However, it is what is next because nothing lasts forever. Um, and it looks by this storyline, maybe they get absorbed into Tony D'Angelo's family. Maybe we see Electra step up into a, a, a role. Maybe we eventually see Santos, um, maybe getting called up to Raw or SmackDown. Um, or maybe we see Santos come back. I, I don't know. I want to get your quick thoughts on this as far as what you think may be next for Legato. Well, I mean, it seems like they're they're building towards uh, a rematch of the feud because mm-hmm. you don't you don't do an injury angle like that without the the payoff being that the person who got injured gets some form of revenge. I mean, yeah. you know, I they <laughs> this is this is the the modern era and subverting expectations is is uh, all part of the fad. So they very well could try something like that, but I mean, your standards your standard storyline at this point would be. Mm-hmm. Santos has to come back and and they do something with that. So I think that's pretty much what we see too. Because well, if you've read into the kind of the backstage stories, allegedly Triple H held a meeting with the NXT talent and told them he was back. And we saw the strongest legato moments under Triple H's reign. You know, they kind of took a back seat during NXT 2.0 to a degree. And so I think now that Triple H is back in charge, that we'll see maybe a a stronger showing, maybe a more important position for Legato. So I think this is the beginning of something bigger yeah. and better for Legato. I do have to, I do have to, to, to bite a little on this. We, we heard him say I'm back, but uh, officially no one has, uh, has turned over reins. So, uh, you know, it is still technically Shawn Michaels and um, I can't remember the other dude's name that are, are, are running things, at least story wise. Mm. For the time being, uh, but uh, you know, to your point, Triple H is try- was trying to make his presence felt. So who knows what uh, that could very well be? And Shawn Michaels is a friend of his, so even if he's not officially back, he might be unofficially back, and he might be kind of playing the guiding hand role a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen a lot of strong lucha showing under his. You know, the way he guided NXT, mm-hmm. we saw the beginning of uh, Kalisto and the kind of rebirth of Sankara. We saw uh, Grand Metalik. We saw Angel Garza. There was a lot of really good Lucha Andrade that came up through NXT. Mm-hmm. And so to a degree, I feel like 
Triple H gets it. He wanted to have that NXT office in Mexico and try to do NXT Mexico in addition to NXT UK. Yeah. So Lucha is something that Triple H sees as important. And so I hope that his renewed presence and possible return amongst all the shakeup backstage at WWE think, and NXT will I do to have to, to counterpoint that the, he gets it a little bit because during that period of time, they also referred to CMLL and AAA as two uh, smaller promotions. (laughs) (laughs) Smaller than WWE. Yeah, Yeah. I guess in comparison, but yeah, yeah, still. Yeah, (laughs) just just saying that there was a little bit of tone deafness going on. (laughs) Well, you can never never let on that you're not the biggest company in the world. Yeah, I was going to say, That's like yeah, the bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. They're never going to put anyone on any equal, you know, footing as they are. That's, that's well, fair. Apparently, they were ready to buy CMLL at one time to turn it into NXT, but CMLL didn't want to – they wanted Arena Mexico to go with it. WWE <laughs> didn't want the venue, and that was like a sticking point. And so when they wouldn't guarantee that they'd keep CMLL in Arena Mexico, CMLL pulled out of the deal. Yeah, uh, so they know they know where they're at. They know that that is their biggest draw is they've got the Mecca and they've got that history they are. And I'm going to always remind people of this because it makes Vince upset. They are the oldest active promotion in the world. Like they, they have continuously gone since the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Arena Mexico was a big part of that. And it's a big it's, – that's why I call it the Mecca. That's why when Ruben said to me – he wants to go to the anniversary show. I'm like, I want in on this. I want to yes, come town. That's and exactly what I said. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like, so when are we going? When are we going yeah. to the place? Like, what's? I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I've always wanted to go to an anniversary show. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always wanted to go to Arena Mexico. Period. But oh, an anniversary would be, you know, just... a friend of mine went to the show last week on their honeymoon, and like, they're not even lucha fans. It was just something to do in Mexico mm-hmm. City, and I was like, oh. So jealous, and you went on Friday night, and like, yeah, they they got a good show, and they didn't even know what they saw. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I had some friends that came back. They were they had pictures of them. They were they were more pictures of them drinking beer in the stands than the wrestling that was going on. <laughs> and they were more enamored with the the eighties rock music that they recognized. I'm like, yeah, let's get yeah, trying to guess the song. Did they play Welcome to the Jungle? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of good things getting ready to happen for Lucha everywhere, including NXT. I, well, if it explodes, then it's gonna it's gonna be unavoidable. And yeah, they'll uh, have again, to acknowledge it. Yeah, I mean NXT already did, to your point, have that history with it, so that would be it wouldn't be hard for them to reopen that door. Miranda, this is your segment. Why are we talking? Well, because I asked you to. So that, that helps. Um, all that, you know, very all interesting points too, you know, again, I mean, this, we, we it kind of is bleeding out of what we talked about with WWE coming back to Mexico, um, in, in October and maybe reestablishing a much bigger international presence. They really reeled back during the pandemic. So now, I mean, we do see them. They're going to be going overseas to England, um, you know, in a few months to Mexico. So I think now they're slowly just starting to go back into that international market. And maybe with that, we do see, uh, again, maybe just more of a wider representation 
of uh, different wrestlers because of that. Um, it'll be very interesting to see. I think Clash the Castle will be maybe one of the first tastes that we see of that, and that may help predicate what we will see in Mexico, which then would predicate maybe in other areas of, you know, WWE like NXT, you know, because also yeah. that too would be interesting if you did have, say, a Santos make a special appearance at uh, WWE in Mexico. You oh, know, they like, yeah, that'd be huge. That's I mean, it. Yeah. Why? This, why not? And it would be such a. It would feel like a wasted opportunity to not have that, even in like a special attraction type of moment. His dad, by the virtue of his job, is going to have to be in the building for that WWE yeah. show. So that it would be in everybody's best interest to at least have him come out in a dark spot at the very least mm-hmm. and address the crowd. So exactly. exactly. So. <laughs> Again, it'll be very interesting to see over the next few months and how, again, with things tie and weave in and out of WWE, maybe we'll see what happens over, you know, again, the next few uh, weeks in, in NXT with the God of the Phantasma. Maybe we do get, you know, the, the revenge opportunity. Uh, maybe it means something else. Who knows? But make sure you stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast for our analysis and news, of course, of what's happening in NXT. Last but not least, Impact Wrestling. You know, we kind of throw Impact Wrestling in and out uh, of this uh, portion of the show as well. We see Lucha Libre on Impact Wrestling. Um, and this week, low-key, straight-up banger. One of, I think one of the best matches all week that you're going to see is Impact Wrestling Against All Odds, which was on July 1st. The actual countdown to Against All Odds, the pre-show that they air on YouTube, which is still available, which means you can watch it for free. We had Black Taurus versus Laredo Kid. And this match itself was stupid good. Like, I I really, really enjoyed this match. Uh, 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 At the beginning of the match, the idea was Laredo Kid was really going with his speed, with move after move after move kind of be able to counteract Taurus's speed. However, the, uh, you know, interesting about Taurus, too, is he's also fast as shit, too. So he caught yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. so like, that plan does not work long term. Um, so, uh, you know, during the match, uh, Taurus hit a lung blower on Laredo Kid uh, for a two count, and then Laredo Kid hit a cutter from the top rope as Taurus was kind of dangling uh, on the top rope. Uh, Taurus had, man, this itself was awesome. It was like a torture rack and then converted, uh, or, or Laredo Kid was able to spike him with a crucifix bomb. Um, after that, Laredo Kid looked like he was going to do a cross body, but Taurus just rammed into him with his head, um, with literally the horns of his mask. Um, we did have some outside action with Laredo Kid hitting a moonsault, uh, off the top rope onto the floor too. Uh, Taurus, and then uh, we talk about the multiple moonsaults, as we talked about for MLW and, and Lindsay doing that. Uh, Black Taurus was able to get his knees up when uh, Laredo Kid was trying to do an insult, a moonsault in the ring. And then, man, the thing is with Taurus, he really comes up with these power moves out of nowhere. And that, too, is like, 
one of those things where he does it in matches where it's like, oh, my God, like they're so quick and but they're so hard. And you get a few of those in this match uh, with, you know, his um, uh, with with the uh, kind of spear with the bullhorns, this pop up Samoan drop. Um, and then as they end the match, Laredo Kid was trying to hit his signature move, the Spanish fly. But then. Taurus was able to counter and hit like this one handed like power bomb choke slam from the top rope. Um, and then from there, Taurus was able to hit his finishing maneuver, the black bull, uh, or the, sorry, the power bull for the win. So black Taurus getting a win over Laredo kid, um, during the countdown to against all odds. So I recommend this match. Um, it's not very long. I want to say, you know, maybe about 10 minutes or so. Um, but it's on YouTube for free. So highly, highly recommend it. it. I think it was just a low key banger match. Like you just have to, to watch it. And I think that's why I'm thinking a little bit earlier too, about when we were talking about AW, you know, impact wrestling does absolutely have a platform for luchadors. We've seen it in the past. You know, they were really the first U.S. promotion to bring on uh, the Lucha Bros. We saw really a very lengthy history with LAX. Um, and in some ways, I always thought, I wonder why we're not getting kind of revisiting that in in AEW and maybe a bigger platform. But that's neither here nor there. I, I'm segueing into a whole other conversation for a whole other day. Mm-hmm. But um you know, shout out to, to Impact Wrestling on that uh, match. We also saw Laredo Kid and uh, Black Taurus in singles action on this week's episode of Impact. Um, airs on Thursdays. Laredo Kid faced Trey Miguel. Um, and in that match, Trey Miguel won. Really, Trey Miguel is still kind of recovering, I believe, from some kind of uh, knee injury. Um, so that was something that uh, really... It was challenging for Trey Miguel in this match. Um, and so, but still, um, Laredo Kid was still as fantastic as he is, especially with someone with Trey Miguel who is very similar, um, with, you know, in size, in mobility, um, in fastness. Again, it seemed like Laredo Kid had the leg up in a few moments, um, hitting a Mishinoku driver. Um, right towards the end of the match. Um, but again, you know, I think there is a, a story here for Trey Miguel trying to get back into the X division title picture. And then, uh, secondarily in the show, we had PCO versus Black Taurus. So two pretty big guys, uh, facing each other. Um, and Taurus, same with, uh, in the Laredo Kid match that he did in this match as far as a pair of sling blades. Um, again, that's a, his way of being able to utilize his power, but in a movement that really relies on some speed. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it, the, when I, when I think about it in, in general too, not that I'm as familiar with PCO's work, I have to, to, to admit. Uh, but again, I think it's interesting with Black Taurus being able to match up with guys of any size. That he can have mm-hmm. great matches with maybe guys of smaller frames or more X Division, uh, work, but as well as, um, you know, guys of, you know, PCO size that's a little bit bigger. Still give me just more Black Taurus Willie Mac. When are we going to get more of that? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'll i just do a quick update for people who are less familiar with PCO because he's 
Uh, he, he all, all goes all the way back to the WWF, mm-hmm. uh, and just to, and he, uh, reinvented himself a while back on the indies, kind of doing a, the, the majorly indie style, and he just mm-hmm. basically became famous for, re-famous, for putting his body on the line in crazy <laughs> and dynamic ways in his mm-hmm. matches. So, um, I, I have a love hate thing with PCO matches because I always feel like this is the match where I'm going to see a man die in the ring. But then when he doesn't die and he does his, his sit up, uh, thing, he's very Undertaker in that respect, uh, where he'll, he'll do, he'll just sit up after taking a, a huge spot. And, uh, not the same, same way, but the same kind of energy. And that just, it thrills and excites me. So, like, I want to see more of his matches, but at the same time, I'm terrified to see his matches. So, um. Well, this one did not seem to be a hardcore match uh, at all, but he did hit his uh, oh, PCO salt, uh, moonsault for the win. So I, I do feel it's, like. It's uh, not hardcore that I'm yes. talking about. It's, it's, just, he does just, more West Coast yes. indie style where he's jumping off the top rope. He's doing topes and and like other you know things that that uh, when you see a 20 year old do you're not afraid for their life but when you see a 50 year old do you you're like why are you doing this my friend yeah it's uh very much that say that terry funk energy from ecw good for now uh but that was this week in impact wrestling um Again, I mean, really, they have the, your two main luchadors there with with Black Taurus and Laredo Kid. Um, if you want to see them face off, you can watch. Um, do yourself against, a favor. Yeah, <laughs> just do yourself a favor and just watch it. Um, it's the countdown to Against All Odds. It's on Impact's YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. They even reference to, I believe they faced each other before in May or earlier, sometime earlier, maybe April. I think it was on Before the Impacts, which is also on YouTube. Um, so you could see that in their first matchup, Laredo Kid won. The second one, Black Taurus. So I have a feeling eventually we're going to get a rubber match uh, between the two. And I hope it's not just on a pre-show. But Well, so I'm just going to advocate for the, the the thing that I like about Impact pre-shows better is the wrestlers are actually allowed to do mm-hmm. lots of crazy wrestling things without, it, without them worrying about uh, impacting what's going to happen later in the main event. So mm-hmm. sometimes... You get to see the best matches there because those guys have nothing to lose and everything to gain by putting on a good show. Fair, so. fair. fair enough. That's what I like about the Impact pre-show. That is true. Yeah, I think you can just have a really good wrestling match. And, of course, that sometimes will play into things like, you know, wins and losses. And sometimes that will delve into storylines. But sometimes you can also just have good wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. Um which is something that they can absolutely do. Um, even though, of course, Impact is known for some of the most uh, more outrageous elements of wrestling history, um, they <laughs> still also have very solid foundation in putting together uh, great wrestling matches and also, again, having an appreciation for Lucha Libre. So. Well, that does it for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We've covered it all. So thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can follow 
Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at Lucha Central com on Twitter. Of course, Lucha Central's YouTube page has the archives of all of our episodes, previous episodes of the Lucha Central weekly podcast, like last week's episode with the interview with Los Hermanos Lucha. Just bring it up again, just in case you haven't just listened to case. it. Go ahead and, and do that because uh, it was a really great interview, um, as well as previous episodes of our sister show, the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast in Espanol with Pepera. And, of course, other uh, podcasts from the Lucha Central uh, Podcast Network and videos, matches, interviews that you're not going to find anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And, Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers. 321 T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I'm on the Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I'm all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. Just not on it. <laughs> not going to do it. So. You can send your messages to me. Yes. Uh, it still says it on my Twitter profile and in the inbox for the hashtag Miranda. Yes. So feel free to reach out to Brendan if you absolutely need to get a hold of me on Twitter. But again, you could reach out to us through all of our social media pages. If you are listening to this show through your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, go ahead and subscribe, rate and review. Subscribe so that way you get a new notification every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and, of course, leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. Tell us what we should talk about, what we shouldn't talk about. Agree or disagree. Whatever that may be, let us know. And, of course, a big shout-out again to our streaming partners at TheChairShot.com, your source for wrestling news, analysis, sports, opinions, entertainment, all of it at TheChairShot.com. With that, for Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much, and we'll be with you, you guessed it, next week. Bye.